starting a, a new series called Citizens and Aliens. And this morning we're just going to deal with the question of, of how can we be both? So if you, you look at the definitions of citizen and alien, they're two different things. A citizen, as you can read, is somebody who uh, is a native to a nation, a part of where it is that they've lived. That's where they grew up. That's who they are. They're a, a citizen, for example, of the United States, or they're somebody who inhabits a town or village. They're a citizen of McBain or Falmouth or Lake City or wherever. That's what a citizen is, somebody who belongs, somebody who is a part of that community, whatever that is, or wherever it is that they live. And then there's alien. The first definition you can read is a creature from outer space. Sometimes uh, I feel like a creature from outer space, I'll tell you that. But it's about, again, um, I think really resonating with things, somebody who is not native, and you look at that last um, definition, unlike one's own, strange but not belonging to. And so the very words, citizen and alien, go to describe the other because they're opposites. If you are an alien, you are not a citizen. If you are a citizen, you are not an alien. And yet, how is it that we can be both? So I have a question, a couple of them. More will be coming. The first one is this. How many of you are citizens of the United States of America? Okay. Most of you. Yeah. And, and I hope that you celebrated that proudly, 4th of July weekend, that you understand you know, what a great nation that we live in. Got a lot of flaws, got a lot of problems, a lot of things going on, but an incredibly great country. One that God blessed us with just being citizens of. So citizens of the United States. So here's the next question. How many of you are aliens? Couple. You know, I was hoping for 100%. I was hoping for 100%. That's what we're going to spend the next three weeks uh, looking at. Because that is what it is that God calls us to be and who he says that we are. That, that we are strangers or aliens that were different, set apart. Not in a way, of course, as followers of Jesus that makes us spiritually elite or were to be holier than thou. No, not, not that way. But in the way that he desires us to be. Follows who are filled with his love, grace, and truth. And that's who it is that we live our lives as to present a witness of who it is that he is. Not when we want to or not as pretenders, you know, not like on, on, on being a, a follower of Jesus or an alien like on Halloween, you know, you get a mask and you put it on, maybe a scary one, a creature from outer space and so, but then you take it off, Right? When you get home, no, not like that. Not to be a follower of Jesus that puts on a mask when they walk out the doors of church. Not pretenders. 
but people who live truth and are truth in a lost and hurting world that God desperately loves. That is who he calls us to be. Authentic, real, full of his presence and his spirit. I don't take my word for it. Open up your hearts and listen to what it is that God shares with you this morning, a powerful, powerful truth about you, about us. Hear the living word of God. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is the word of God. It might be in our hearts and lived in our lives. Do you see what it is that God has said about you? I look at verses 9 and 10, and, and again, when I think about it and read it in different places, and, and when I'm praying to God and I'm just understanding what is true about who it is that I am and who it is that people in Jesus Christ are, it floors me. I'm just being honest. It, it gives me shivers, chills, makes me just be just filled, overcome with humility. I mean, do you see that? Look at the words in, in, in verses 9. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, ministers, everybody of the word and of the presence of God, partners in the gospel, knit together in the heart by his spirit to do his work and his will, a people belonging to God. Do you see that a people belonging to God called out of darkness into his wonderful light? To, to be what you can't be and, and that you weren't before Jesus. This is profound. This is awesome. Once you had not received mercy, but now you receive mercy. Speaking about the grace of Jesus Christ. Think about that very first line. A chosen people. Think about that. Because all throughout life, you've had opportunities where you weren't chosen. Where people rejected you and said, no, I don't want any part of that person or whatever it is. You were chosen by God. And it does, it's not even close to being in the third grade and being left out of being picked for kickball or dodgeball, whatever it is. Chosen by the Almighty One. Think about it. Are you getting it? It's starting to sink into your head and to your heart. Who it is that you really are if you know Jesus Christ? It is, it is mind-blowing. You called out of darkness into his wonderful light to be light. That's what this passage is all about. Chosen. So take a minute. Think about it. Ask yourself, do I get it? 
Do I understand what it means to be chosen? Do I understand what it means to be filled with his grace and to live it? Do I understand what it means to be light and not darkness, salt? Do I get it? Do I understand it? Because if you don't, you're going to struggle being it. If somebody doesn't understand they're on a football team, they're not going to be a very good football player. Uh, Part of a praise team. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, do you see it? You are chosen. Chosen to be. To be something that you can't even wrap your brain around or imagine in the moment. Maybe you've experienced things, good and great. I hope and trust that that's true. But what awaits you in Jesus as his chosen can be beyond the scope of your dreams and your hopes and understanding. It is profound. And it's all by mercy. You've received mercy, the last part of verse 10, grace. Do you know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? For by grace have you been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. See, you don't deserve to be a follower of Jesus. Neither do I. You didn't earn it. God wasn't obligated to give you grace. It wasn't by your merit. It's just simply because of his love. That's it. And yet he chose to give it to you. It's so profound, it blows my mind up. To understand what is true about who it is that I am in Jesus, not by myself. And then what that means, what that means, we're going to spend three weeks unpacking this. I'll recite again the verse that I shared with the young people up here. Ephesians 2.10 comes right after 2, 8, 9, of course. Speaking about receiving sheer grace. Why? For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do works that God prepared in advance for us to do. He has things waiting for you. Do you have the eyes and the ears to see and to hear? Do you have the heart to know? Are you aware that that's true? Because you are chosen? This is so powerful. You You have a call to be an alien. I want you to think about that. A call to be an alien. That's what verses 11 and 12 speak about. That's why I said I was hoping for 100%. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens, not, you know, be like aliens or possibly be, but no, as aliens and strangers in the world. 
That's who you already are. He just wants you to live into it as aliens, a call to be an alien. So I have a question. Do you feel a little weird in this world? Are you fitting right in? Feel a little strange, different? I hope so. And I, like I said, I, I, you know, I, as, I, as I live longer and as I follow Jesus Christ and I can think of every part of my life, I feel stranger and weirder all the time. And I understand what that means, that I've got to stay focused and I've got to stay in Jesus. Keep my heart where it's at because you read what it says here, right? I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world, here's part of the call, here's the understanding, here's part of the battle. So abstain from sinful desires which are at war against your soul. Maybe sounds a little bit like a sci-fi movie, but I know that you understand that there's always things that are at work and that are at war in your heart, right? Everybody has desires and passions that aren't godly. And you can be sure that Satan is hard at work in your heart and in your life and in his church and in all things Jesus especially when you start to get things. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for these young people and these leaders. You see, he's going to go to war against them. Do everything that he can to distract, to derail, to disrupt, just as he's doing in our hearts and in our lives. Whatever desires, whatever temptation, he knows what buttons to push. He knows how he can get us uh, distracted, disrupted, derailed, keep our eyes off of Jesus Christ in our own personal lives and in our lives together as the body of Jesus. He's really, really good. And yes, he's waging war, spiritual warfare, now more than ever before, in churches, all things Jesus, and in this world. He thinks they're so much bigger than what we kind of carve out in this world in terms of what we think and how we choose to live our lives. Satan's real, and he's really, really good. He is powerful, and if you try to fight that fight without Jesus, you're going to lose. But I got a question for you. How many of you, let's just say in the last month, bought some bug spray? Anybody buy bug spray? A couple of you. How about some um, sunscreen? Any sunscreen? Okay. How many of you have either a security camera or some type of alarm in your home? Anybody? Yeah. You know, we're really good at understanding that we need protection from things, right? So we buy things and we do things to protect ourselves and the things that we own. So if Satan, let me think about this a minute. If Satan is waging war against your soul, against who it is that you are, against who it is that God desires you to be and created you to be, what are you doing to protect yourself against that? God just got a question. Think about it. And, and maybe you're doing all different kinds of great things. I see that you're doing something because you're here. 
You, you came into the presence of God this morning to give him praise, to celebrate his goodness and grace. I, I hope and I trust and believe that that's true, surely as you sit there, that you didn't come for other reasons, but that that was a sort to worship God. That, that's what worship ought to be about, him and him alone, not us. Worship God. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Celebrate his goodness and his grace. So there's something. And, and maybe you have devotions from day to day. So you're looking at truth and how it is that God can arm you and equip you to live in, in a world that is filled with, with all kinds of untruth, of lies, of deceit. You're arming yourself with the word of God, the truth of God, written on your heart, lived in your life. And, of course, prayer. You pray and you pray like crazy. Uh, this is not one of the... I pray more than I ever have. Because I'm finally getting smart enough to realize I need it so desperately to be in the presence of God and to need His equipping and His presence and the, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And we need this because of who it is that we are. Aliens, strangers followers of Jesus, a royal priesthood, people who are chosen to do the work of an almighty God and to be Jesus in a lost and hurting world that he again desperately loves. That's why we need to call on the protection of God because those are the things that Satan fights against. And whenever he sees it happening in a person's life and in a church, he brings it, and he brings it big. Here's something else that I hope that you trust and believe. I mentioned just a few minutes ago that Satan is really good. He's powerful. Good news. He's no match for God. We're talking about the Almighty One, the awesome Lord God pours out his power from his throne of grace, gives the presence of his spirit inside of you. Think about that. The God who created the universe chooses to, chooses to live in you, to guide you, to lead you each and every day. All you need to do is call, seek him out. Trust and believe, have faith. He's going to empower you. He's going to lead you. He's going to give you the wisdom, all of the things that you need. And that's so important, again, because we live in a really discouraging world sometimes. Why? Because Satan is so cotton-picking good, again. But that's not even why I want you to live with hope and with joy and with the rich blessings of knowing who it is that he is and what awaits you as you seek to build a kingdom, a righteous harvest for him. That's what he wants. That's what he desires. That's why he created you to be an alien and believe me, in this world, all things Jesus are getting more and more foreign. Culture, the way that people say we need to think and believe. God says, no, no. I speak into that, and I can lead you through it. I think of all different kinds of, of verses. One that is a life verse. 
Philippians 4, 13, maybe you know it. I can do all things. How? Because I'm so good and mighty? Absolutely not. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think of John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble. Anybody have trouble in the world? If you didn't raise your hand, you better work on being an alien. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And then I think of the words of 1 John 5, 4. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Did you hear that? This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, guess what? You have the victory. And he's calling you to live it out. That's the challenge. And again, one last time, not to be a poser or a pretender. Do you know what happens to posers and pretenders? Go to Acts 5. Read a story about a husband and a wife named Ananias and Sapphira pretending to be something that they weren't. Go to Acts 19. There's seven sons of a priest. So holy, righteous, who claimed to be able to do what it is that the apostles were doing. So they went to cast out a demon and they got the snot beat out of them because they were just pretenders. That's exactly what Satan's going to do to anybody who seeks, who tries to claim that they're a follower of Jesus but are just playing the game. He gave you his grace to be real and to be genuine, to make a difference in this world and to impact his kingdom. And that's exactly what he'll do if you believe it and you step into it. Powerful, powerful stuff. And again, we're going to spend the next three weeks. I think of, again, uh, another passage, Romans 12, 1. As holy and living sacrifices, live your lives pleasing uh, to God. Not be tra- uh, conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Transformed, changed, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing. That's what it means to be an alien to focus on those things. Have any of you um, watched The Chosen? Anybody seen any episodes of it? It's incredible. And we're going to, this was in the bulletin this this morning about a a new life group that's starting. It's going to focus on that. You're going to see a clip from um, uh, season three, episode two. And it's one of the apostles, and in this series they call him Little James. There's two Jameses that were um, chosen as apostles, and this is one of them. And God led me to um, have this clip be a part of the message this morning because I think that all of us at times have moments like this apostle did. And we wonder about, did God get it right in terms of calling and choosing me? Because we look at all of the things that are wrong with us and we look at all of the things that we have limited skill and ability to do 
So Jesus reminds them that he's chosen. Will you play the clip? Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am... Um... Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a question. Please? You're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition. Which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. The others, there's so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the Song of David that I fearfully and wonderfully made. But it doesn't make this any easier. And in this group... It doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. Trust me. Are you fast? 
you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me. Or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed because the Father in Heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you pass from this earth and you meet your Father in Heaven, where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, your reward will be great. So hold on a little longer. And when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness, and when you do great things in my name, in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? Thank you, Master. A man like you, healing others, to hear your stories when you return. Shalom, my son. Shalom. And James. Remember, you will be healed. It's only a matter of time. So it is with you, chosen, just as you are, to do great things for the Lord your God, living in the world, but not of it. Go and be aliens. It's who you were chosen to be. You pray with me. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your grace. Words cannot describe the gratitude and the humility. Lord, I thank you for all that you lay before us individually and as a body of Jesus Christ to do for the sake of your kingdom. Just as we prayed for the young people and the leaders, so too for us. Fill us with your spirit. Give us eyes to see who you desire us to truly be. 
that we would do your work and your will, that we would be salt and we would be light. Oh, the stories that will come. It's in your name and for your glory that we pray it. Amen.